Hello, I'm Travis Wayne Hurt, and you're listening to the first episode of the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas Special, the podcast. Since 2013, I've been producing an annual end-of-the-year holiday special for Urbana Public Television. 2022 is the 10th year of working on these things, and to celebrate that, I've decided to sit down and chat with some of the people who've worked on the specials over the last decade. In each episode of the podcast, my co-host Aaron Gillis and I will go over one installment of the Christmas special, segment by segment. After that, I'll talk with a guest. Hopefully it's going to be someone who worked on the installment Aaron and I covered, and hopefully they'll have very nice things to say about me. I'm not exactly sure what the overall plan for the podcast is yet. It'll be interesting to see if any overarching themes happen, or if there's even a coherent story that can be told. I do know that I'm always endlessly impressed by the hard work and talent that goes into making these things every year, and I want to highlight those things. And I want to let the people involved know just how much they've meant to me. Outside of that, I plan on keeping you updated on where we're at with working on year 10 of the Christmas specials. And maybe together we can finally get to the bottom of why I haven't been able to stop making the Travis Wainhurt Christmas specials. In today's episode, Aaron and I will go over the Travis Wainhurt Christmas special. It's the first special we made. It's on Urbana Public Television's YouTube page if you feel like watching it. After that, I'll be joined by our first guest, Jason Liggett. I've already heard these segments, and I know that I talk too much in them. And here I am talking even more, which is honestly probably something I need to work on. This is Travis and Aaron here. We just watched the first Travis Wainhurt Christmas special, which was called the Travis Wainhurt Christmas special. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Travis. Thanks for coming to help out with this. I'm very excited. You are? Great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you want to do this. Do you have any overall impressions you want to talk about or should we just go into talking about the segments one by one? Let's just uh, start with the segments, I guess, and go from there. Okay. So we will start out with the very beginning of the special, which is this like loud clanging guitar noise. Over a very bright chartreuse background with red lettering. Any thoughts on that noise? What is that noise? I don't exactly remember. I know that when we were putting it together, editing it together at Urbana Public Television, uh, Jason Leggett and I, he kind of asked, this is the way I remember it at least, was him asking like, how do you want it to start? And we just made like a PowerPoint slide that was that title on it. And then I just said, I want some noisy sound to like draw attention to it. Because... I know watching Urbana Public Television, it's mostly static shots on tripods, which is also what this special is. So I just wanted something there to bring attention to it. So we found they had a library of music and we cut out like probably a quarter of a second of a guitar sound and repeated it over and over and over. And then we ended up using that for a lot of the Christmas specials. Yeah, it's funny. I think... When you see something that's a Christmas special, I don't think you expect uh, that sound to happen. <laughs> but it definitely gets your attention. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things not being what you expect out of a Christmas special, what do you think of this first segment, which is you and I sitting in my old apartment, just eating gyros and barely speaking to each other? I, I, I obviously didn't know what... Or how to take it, because I was just laughing the entire time. 
I was I think I was just so uncomfortable that I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you did great. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. Just eat that gyro. Yeah, I, I, I can't even remember how. I think I just remember you being like, I need somebody to come and eat a, f- a food with me on camera. And I don't know if I knew it was for the Christmas special or not. I can't remember. But I was like, I, okay, I'll do it. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't remember if I told you it was for the Christmas special. And if I didn't, really good on you for coming to my house <laughs> and just eating something on film. That's weird. That was like you. the first time we hung out together. Yes. I think so the beginning of our friendship. That was a I can tell you like the history of that segment specifically. Um I had thought about doing this Christmas special the year before. I was watching The Voice on NBC and they advertised uh tune in on Wednesday for Blake Shelton's Christmas special and I was like why does Blake Shelton get a Christmas special? <laughs> and then I started to think about it and I was like what would I put in a Christmas special if I had one? And I settled on, I would just be staring dead-eyed into the camera, eating leftovers, and that would be my Christmas special. And jump ahead a year later, um, I realized I couldn't do that. It would be too sad. If you were by yourself? Yes. And so I said, why not two people staring dead-eyed into the camera eating? And I had kind of settled on eating a gyro at some point, and... I don't even know if I ever told you this. The reason I specifically asked you to do it is because of the group of people we were hanging out with at the time and various diets they were on and experimenting they were due. I think you were the only person eating meat at the time. (laughs) That's funny. And now you've been in every Christmas special just because you were eating meat 10 years ago. (laughs) That's funny. I still eat meat now sometimes. Okay. So, yeah, there's not much to that segment. We sit there. We eat a whole gyro. Yeah. Much faster than a human normally eats. It's kind of yeah, gross. I was definitely trying to keep up with you, I think. And I was taking gigantic bites. And I was trying to eat it fast because I knew it was too long. Um, I think a thing with our segments that will happen a couple more times is it just... We don't have a plan and yeah. it gets away from us. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. It's It can be as long as I we mean, want it to be. Part of, I think, the Christmas special is all the uncomfortable silences and stuff that happen all the weird stuff so yeah when i first talked when i first talked to jason at urbana public television about doing this and we were putting it together i asked him how long it should be kind of thinking about how long these segments were in general and he said we don't care how long it is it can be four minutes long or four hours long we'll put it on tv because it's made locally and we don't have enough stuff to fill up our schedule Urbana Public Television is wild. We'll yeah. just do anything. <laughs> it's great. Thank you, Urbana Public Television. Um, the other kind of... This is the only time I think they ever gave me guidelines was it can be as long as you want. We don't care. And then I was asking about content stuff. And I kind of self-imposed the PG-13-ish nature that we've instituted for this. But they told me you can put anything on there as long as it's not obviously pornographic. Wow. Wow, we could take this a lot further in the future. <laughs> we could. Um, hopefully we don't. I no, I don't like, want to. I kind of like where it's at. That's funny. So, so that is the first segment. Um, my cats show up in the background, running yeah. around, trying to eat the food. Todd the cat and Pie Storm. Yeah. Rest in peace to both of them. Yeah. I guess that's all. I, oh, one thing I had. I took a few notes for that first segment, and I only had one thing, and it's you... <laughs> 
grabbing the beer to cover up the label of it. I know. Why did you do that? Because I I didn't know if I I didn't think that they could probably just blur it out. I don't think I knew. I knew I knew it was gonna be airing on some somewhere. I think I knew it was gonna air on Urbana Public Television because I had the thought process to cover it up. But I was like, oh, this is like a national brand. I don't think that this should be on TV without like or associated with this without an okay from them or something. So I just picked the beer up in the shot, covered it with my hands very carefully, took a sip, still in the shot, uncovered it with my hands and put it down. So still, you could still see that it was a Sierra Nevada beer. So that's not how you normally drink beer? No, it's not. Definitely not. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Not that we're television experts at all now. I don't think we are. Definitely not. But I think now we would put that in there without any worries. Yeah. And I actually, weirdly enough, someone I know who's a lawyer talked to me about this one time. And she was like, you can put anything in here you want because you're not making money off of it. Oh. If anyone wanted to sue you for anything, they would have to sue you for the money you're making off of it. And so she's even told me, like, use whatever music you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but that's what she told me. Well, she's a lawyer, so. Yeah, she knows everything. I, I think we should just do that. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. Oh, cool. That opens so many more doors now. Which is why eventually we did an entire special and pretended it was sponsored by Pringles. Oh, that's For what... no reason. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I was wondering what the how that worked. Well, we'll talk about that special months and months and months from now for now we got to keep talking about this first special which we just watched um that's the end of the first segment do you have anything else about that that you'd like to talk about i don't think so this is just weird (laughs) thank you so much for being in that with me you're welcome i'm glad we're still friends me too didn't ruin it didn't i wasn't like ah god damn it i'm not doing this anymore (laughs) it made me want to do more i guess Eventually, we do get to one where when we got done filming, you said, I don't want to do this anymore. I think that I was thinking about that. It was specific to food. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We'll get there, too. <laughs> um, next up, there's there's really only three segments in this one. The food segment. We're on to the second segment now, which is our friends Andrew and Lindsay. At the time, they were hosting a podcast called You Big Dumb Idiot. A few months before this, I had been a guest on their show. And so when I was setting up the Christmas special, I asked them if they wanted to do like a televised segment of their podcast interviewing me about Christmas. Okay. So like in theory, I'm the host of the podcast special at this point. It didn't quite become what it is now where it's stories and sketches and stuff. I had kind of envisioned it as a talk show. So I thought it was kind of weird to have me as the host being interviewed by people i mean hosts can be interviewed <laughs> it's an introduction to you who this christmas special is named after so i think it i don't think it's weird i think it makes sense okay do uh, you do you think it's weird to have a christmas special named after yourself do you think it's narcissistic well and yes i think it is if it's like blake shelton but you did it because <laughs> I, I don't think you're narcissistic, though. You did it and relate like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm going to name this Christmas special after myself. Do you know that the name of our podcast also has my name in the title? Yes, I do know that. Okay. 
not a narcissist though. It's related to the Christmas special. Right. Um I do so I don't think I've ever listened to my big dumb idiot. Is that what what You big dumb you idiot. You big my big dumb <laughs> you big dumb idiot before, but is that how they is that what it's like? They just interview people and ask them questions like that? Yeah, the theory of their sh- the premise of their show was that they would have on someone who was an expert about something uh, and talk to them about that thing and then do like a trivia game about that thing is what the way I remember it. And it's also the way the segment just went. So I assume yeah. it's okay. the same. I went on there to talk about horror movies, which kind of comes up again throughout the televised segment we did here too, where they're asking me about movies and I bring up the Christmas horror movie P2, which is yeah. still one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. I want to watch it now. I every Christmas people talk about their holiday Christmas movies, their holiday Christmas, their holiday horror movies, or any sort of thing, and I'm always like, "You should watch P two. That's a weird one." It's, it's a good one. Um, I did take a few more notes for this segment than I did our segment that we did. Um, let's see. At the very beginning, the sounds kind of off, and then it mm-hmm. kicks in. Yeah, I noticed I we're also wearing lavalier mics which is very professional are those the little ones that like clip it clip to your clothes yeah um that would have been jason at urbana public television that day just giving those to us and saying (laughs) how this will make my job easier yeah um it's just on a tripod again which our segment was the one you and i did and now this is just on a tripod again with no editing i think um you'll see going forward the special becomes much more fluid it moves there's actual editing yeah this is a very boring one to watch not this segment necessarily but this entire special yeah the bet the best the most interesting part is the last segment (laughs) yeah just because we filmed it three times and kind of cut between the shots Oh, okay um a few other do you have any notes about the you big dumb idiot segment you'd like to get to i just thought it was funny that Lindsay was asking you questions about Christmas movies, and then Andrew was asking you questions about himself. <laughs> about his personal life? Yeah. yeah that was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that, too. Um, Lin- like... Lindsay asked all of her questions, and there was a break, and then Andrew asked all of his questions about him. And yeah. I, I was like, that's a weird formatting note. Why not go back and forth? Yeah. But then it was just about Andrew's life. I that know. was great. It's like, what are my two least favorite Christmas songs? I noticed they dressed up wearing uh, holiday-appropriate attire. Mm-hmm. Yep, I noticed that too, and you just were fancy dressed. I wore a suit, the same suit I wear for Champagne Ladies Amateur Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, that tie I was wearing in there, I wore for, at first through all the first claw shows, and at the very first claw show, you, as your dinosaur character, Tiarosaurus Rex, we're using a blood capsule in some capacity oh, and yeah. spit it everywhere. And then that <laughs> tie had a blood stain on it until oh, I lost it. Oh, no. I ruined your tie. It's fine. It added to my terrible claw character. Yeah. Um, we filmed that in the city building in Urbana, which is where Urbana Public Television is located out of. I didn't know what they were going to ask me about at all going into this. So then a bunch of it became about how terrible Tim Allen is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just want everyone to know that Tim Allen was also arrested for drunk driving in 1997. Also in 1997, he injured a 72-year-old man in a car accident. And when the 72-year-old man told the media that Tim Allen seemed a little off, he sued the old man for $12 million and then later dropped the suit as a humanitarian gesture when he found out the old man had brain cancer. 
I was trying to answer the questions as Lindsay was asking them too. And I was like, he's a felon. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of answering the questions, I did write one of them down and I have it for you right now. Oh, okay. What, which of Santa's three reindeer's names start with D? Oh, I, it was Donner, Dasher, and Dancer. You did better than I did in well, the special. When, you, when I was answering it as it went along, I think I couldn't remember Donner. I think I got Dasher, and then you said Dancer, and I couldn't remember the other one. So really, I only remembered one at the time. One last note I have here before we move on to the final segment is... Towards the end of the segment, Lindsay just asked me what the title of the Christmas special is going to be. And I say it's the Travis Wainer Christmas special. And I don't know if I had decided that by then or not. I just, it was an interesting moment to me watching it. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, is he just making that decision right now? And then at the end of that segment, I say, end segment. And then we cut to. <laughs> Dramatically. Yeah, the. Final segment of this uh, first Christmas special, which is our friend's bookmobile. I love bookmobile. Yeah, we talked about Claw a moment ago. They were the house band for all those first Claw shows. Mm. Um, For the most part, they were the band we used in the Christmas specials for the first few years. I think we've used their music more than anyone else's. Yeah. They're not a band anymore. No. Um, So they'll never let us have a song again. I love that makes me sad. But, you know, got to move on. Yeah, they have we've been new, doing a this new l- band that is similarly fun. So maybe they'll do it. What's the name of their new band? Uh, it is called. I don't remember what you're mouthing it to me, but I can't. Yap trap. Yap trap. I was gonna say laugh track. I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't remember what the other thing I was gonna say. I was like, I know it's a rhymey ish thing. It's a good thing they picked a memorable name. <laughs> yeah, Trap. Yeah, and I like that name, too. Um, a little bit about this segment. We shot it at Error Records in Champaign, their Champaign location. I think they eventually moved to Urbana, but this was when they were mm-hmm. still in Champaign. Um, something I saw in the actual segment while we were watching it is next to Trevor, you can see a soundboard with cables coming out of it. And it's because we recorded the song live in that room that night. Um, our friend Mark Wyman came with recording equipment and recorded it. He went home and, what do you do, mix songs? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, He mixed it that night and he had it emailed to me by the next day. Cool. And so we recorded the song and then we shot a video of them faking playing along to it. It was a, It's a fun video. And we were out of there. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned when I kind of envisioned the special, I thought of it like a talk show, which is why at the beginning of this segment you get Luke introducing the band because it's thinking like like david letterman would do or on saturday night live even so luke does that and then gets punched by jared from bookmobile this is where the budget for the christmas special went this segment oh yeah um luke the drummer for bookmobile he went to budget for the christmas special (laughs) I didn't know there was until he showed up with all of those Christmas decorations oh, no. <laughs> and told me he had bought it that day. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Luke, he's still one of our good friends. I love Luke. He and his wife, Joanna. I was at a Christmas party recently and Joanna came to it and she had that giant stocking from this segment. 
and she had like wrapped it around herself like a shawl and walked over in the cold to the Christmas party. They also still have that uh, reindeer head that they use as the star for the Christmas tree. They do. The one Luke was wearing. Yeah. The last thing is just me thanking everyone who was in the Christmas special sitting next to my Christmas tree where all the ornaments are pictures of my cat yeah. pie storm. I was going to ask, do you still put up the pie storm Christmas tree? I do, but I already took it down because okay. we're um, we're in the next month after Christmas True. now. Yeah, we're... I was like, I was like, I'm not going to see it. A few notes about this thanks segment. It's a thing we don't really do in the specials anymore because we're filming things and everyone's filming their own things and sending them to us. So we don't necessarily know who's going to be in it by the time it's time for us to put everything together and turn it in. So I can't thank everyone by name anymore. And there generally are a lot more people involved. A lot more. (laughs) Back when we did this first one, I actually, we did the whole thing in three days. I went to a man of public television. I picked up a camera from them. I was still borrowing equipment at the time. You came over to my house that day. We filmed the Euro segment. The next night, I went to Error Records and recorded the Bookmobile segment. The third day, I recorded the Thanks segment in my apartment and then went over to Urbana Public Television, filmed the You Big Dumb Idiot segment. And then as soon as those guys left, Jason from Urbana Public Television and I put the whole thing together and it was done. Three days total. Wow. Which changes a lot the further we get into this. Yeah. Now we like have a whole... People start filming it way earlier. Yes, definitely. Um, A few other things about this first thanks segment. It's the first time that I say follow me on Twitter at Jake Fogelnest. Oh, yeah. Why did you decide to do at Jake Fogelnest? So at Jake Fogelnest kind of became like a hero of mine. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reason I specifically wanted to do this thing is because he's a writer and comedian who got his start doing a public television show where he interviewed bands from his bedroom when he was a teen and i was like oh we're doing this public television thing i should kind of i'm I'm copying jake fogeldest is what it was going on in my brain also at the time he was like an xm radio dj and his sign off was just copying ryan seacrest's sign off so he would say like i'm at jake fogeldest seacrest out yeah and so i was like i should just copy and say that i'm him now that he's saying he's Ryan Seacrest. So it became this thing where, I don't know if we do it in every special, but at least most of them, when I try to get people to follow me on Twitter, I tell them that my handle is at Jake Fogelnest. I wonder if he's gotten any new follows because of that. I don't know. Do you follow him on Twitter? (laughs) I don't have a Twitter. Every year when we put the special up, it goes to Urbana Public Television's YouTube channel. And then as soon as it goes up, I tweet out like, we made this special for Urbana Public Television and at Jake Fogelnest. And I tag him, and he's never responded. Jerk. I even named... (laughs) Just kidding, I don't know you. (laughs) No, I don't know. This will show up eventually in the specials, but eventually um, the cats that are in this one die off, and then I get two new cats, and one of them's named Fogelnest, after Jake Fogelnest. So there's the thanks segment, and then the very final thing is... I don't know, like... uh, I think the way we think of them now is a post-credits thing because that's how they're structured in movies. But it's just like this one little bit of extra footage we had left from the Bookmobile Bookmobile video shoot where Matt Appy walks up to the camera and stares right into it. And then... With the the, uh, deer or reindeer head on. The reindeer head on. 
And then Jared, the ba- bass player for Bookmobile, he didn't know we were filming this, and he's just talking about how hot he is and tearing off his costume. This is kind of the thing that made me realize the thing about the Christmas specials, which is that people are only going to watch the segments they're in. Even if they make them themselves and send them to us, they're only still going to watch that part. They're never going to be like, I should watch the whole thing. Because years later, um, I put Jared in like a quote-unquote post-credits thing again and mentioned it to him, and he had no idea that he had ever been at the end of these specials because he had never watched any of them. He just watched his part. Yes. (laughs) so funny. So that's all the notes I have about watching this just now. Is there any other overarching thing you had about the special or any memories of the first one? No, I mean, it was such a small part. I wasn't, you know, I I get more involved, I think, as it goes, or our parts get more involved. No, yeah, I don't really have much memory. I just remember stopping at Nero's to pick up the Euros because I think it was the only place that was open or faster, faster, I don't know. Um, on my way over. Okay. That's what I remember. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. I will see you again in a month. Yes. I look forward to it. All right. So I'm here with Jason Liggett. Did I say that right? I don't know if I've ever said it. Uh, you probably haven't said it. I usually just say Liggett, so almost like I pronounce that E as just another I, but probably pronounced correctly is exactly how you say it. I'm just Jason. an incorrect guy. Jason Liggett. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, we always just refer to you as Jason from Urbana Public Television and the specials. So speaking of that, um, Jason had been helping us with do these specials since the very first special all the way up until the most recent one, and he passed us on to the new person who replaced him at urbana public television yes yeah Yeah. what was your title at urbana public television so from 2007 to 2019 i was uptv production coordinator okay uh so that means i'm kind of in charge of coordinating all the video productions and media productions uh in 2019 i got promoted to uptv station manager uh, but then they didn't fill the production coordinator position. So it was kind of just like, Jason, you're good. You're so good at production coordinator. We're going to have you do two jobs. Uh, but my official title was UPTV station manager for the last two years. So, yeah, as the production, sorry, I production coordinator, production coordinator. Um, what did that entail? Just a little bit, if you want to go into it a bit. Sure. Uh, so Urbana Public Television is unique in the fact that the city is actually providing staff support for public access television as well as government and education access. So there's kind of three aspects right there. Public, which shows like you and community members like you can come in, produce a video about whatever they want, and we help them do that. And we get a wide variety of uh, programming that way. The education aspect is I help the local high school, uh, so it was Urbana High School, Uh, I worked with their journalism students to teach them how to broadcast football games and basketball games and high school graduations and things of that nature. And then the government access is what a lot of people see us as just because we're in the city building. My office is literally right off the council chambers, or was, I should say. I'm still getting used to that. Uh, And we broadcast all sorts of city boards and commission meetings, city council meetings, uh, public service and informational videos about city services. 
I'd seen some of the Urbana High School stuff on there. I didn't realize you were doing like the educational aspect of that of teaching the kids to produce it. I guess it makes sense since you kind of taught me as a community member how to do some of this that you would also be working with them to do that as well. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts. And uh, to be honest, probably one of the reasons that I stuck around for so long. Uh, you don't in in media in general, but even in this community, a lot of it's a transient community, right? People move along or they move to different organizations. And I kind of stayed put for 14 years. And a lot of that was just the joy and, the you know, the fun that I had working with the students. Like I said, you were involved from the beginning of this. And this morning I was going back through old correspondences to try to figure out like how this started. Do you have any specific memories of it starting or should I read you what I pulled up here? You should definitely read what we pulled up because I was trying to think of that and I'm like, man, it's been like a decade ago and, you know, I don't have the same email, so I can't even go back to my emails. But uh, yeah, so so what do you got? So it started with me just tweeting at Urbana Public Television. (laughs) That's great. And I know the way that that kind of started was I had this cable package at the time that it costs. I was paying for my Internet. And then for an, an extra three fifty a month, I could get their smallest cable package, which was like the networks, Fox, NBC, etc., some news channel, and Urbana Public Television. And so I mainly just watched Urbana Public Television every whenever I had my TV on. Um, I got really into watching the show The Humble Farmer, which I think was a like a public access show out of Maine. Right. Yeah. Now I kind of do remember that. That's what kind of drew you in. Yeah. So in addition to local community members, um, our station manager at the time, Jake Schumacher, would go online to Peg Media, which is a resource for public access stations to share content with other public access stations. And he did a good job of like, ooh, I kind of like that video. I think other people in Urbana would appreciate that. And Humble Farmer was one of those. Yeah. So I have a specific question about that. Um is that something you guys had to do because you don't have a, didn't have enough uh, like things produced by the community to air and like is there like are things produced locally given more weight like if if you like let's say you didn't have 24 hours in a day is that when you would go to that service and then if you did have a 24 hour a day schedule would you just not take, pull anything from that service so some of that is kind of up to staff discretion uh, we always favor local content, and Jake's kind of vision for that was that he wanted local people to get more involved, and to get local people more involved, he thought showing them a variety of programming from around the nation that, hey, you know, you see this person who, you know, doesn't have a background in media production producing their own video about whatever they're producing, why don't you produce something like that? And uh, your example that you're giving, this, you know, the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas special is because of that theory. Uh, yeah, it's exactly right, because the show The Humble Farmer was this old man in Maine who ran a bed and breakfast and had an old-timey jazz radio show, and he would treat his television show like it was a radio show. He would play the same music, but then he would film himself working around his bed and breakfast while the music played, and then he would continually put messages on the screen that said, thank you for listening so he wasn't even he was kind of wasn't even acknowledging that you were watching his show. It was this thing on TV that he meant for you to listen to. And so when I thought, hey, I should try to do this Christmas special, I kind of had that in mind, like something on TV that is made by people who don't know how to make TV or are not doing it right. 
Right. And that's kind of the classic public access. When people, a lot of people, when they think of community access television, that's what it is. It's kind of weird, wacky, zany, unprofessional type of things. And I think that's what makes it so great, right? All, all those things that you're taught, like, oh, don't do that or you don't want to do that. Like, that's the things that make public access television great. I totally <laughs> agree. So it looks like um, on December 2nd of 2013, I just tweeted at Urbana Public Television. Any, hey, anyone at Urbana Public TV want to help me construct a Christmas special? <laughs> did did I know we respond because I, I I was the one replying. Yeah, so I was yeah, that's great. I didn't know who responded, but the Urbana Public TV account responded and said, uh, "We'd love to. Let us know what you had in mind and send me an email address." And then I emailed you probably. I think I think I emailed you five days later and said, "Hey, sorry it took me so long to get back to you." <laughs> But we worked from there, and then so that would have been like the very beginning of December, and then less than two weeks later, we were completely done with everything. Very cool. And that first one, there was kind of just three segments. Three segments, and we actually did all of it in three days. We, I borrowed a camera from you on Wednesday. I shot the thing where Aaron and I eat the euros that Wednesday. The next day, I shot the bookmobile, the music video that's at the end, and then the Friday, that final day. Uh, I came to Urbana Public Television. You filmed the segment with Lindsay, Andrew, and I, and you and I put everything in order right then and there. And it was probably on air within by Monday, the next Monday, I would assume. Yeah, probably. We always had a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, and that actually got quicker and easier as we could like produce things on our own and email them to you. It's just like the the tech really did advance in the last ten years. Oh, quickly. wildly! So I even look at you know I was I was at UPTV for a span of fourteen years, and when I first got there, we were recording everything on mini DV tapes, right? Because that was the standard. So all of our cameras recorded on a small mini DV tape, and then we would have to capture that in real time to digitize it to that. And now it's just on an SD card. You pop the SD card in there, and then it's it's good to go. You know, it, it takes two seconds as opposed to if you film for an hour, it would take an hour just to digitize it into the format to where you then could begin editing. So yeah, well, by the time I started, you were already onto the SD cards, which made it even easier then. So we yeah. didn't have to sit there and watch that stuff together. <laughs> that would have been torture. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, just overall thoughts on this first special at all. Like you mentioned, that it was three segments and we briefly mentioned them. Do you have any general thoughts about what that first special was like or any specific memories about working on it? Well, I do definitely have a specific memory. I know when we first sat down, you were, you know, before we started with the, you guys were eating gyros. I always think it's burritos when I go back to watch it, but yeah. Um, okay. Gyros. Almost everyone thinks burritos. Okay. All right. Um, but you wanted a title slide, right? And you said that you wanted it, you know, something that would catch people's attention and be kind of abrasive and loud and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, no, no, you don't want that. Because you're kind of trained, oh, no, you want something that people would be attracted to. But you kind of wanted something almost like a warning, you know, hey, you know, grab people's attention. So it was this bright yellow background and red text. And then we just took like a snippet of either a sound effect or a song and we just repeated it. So it was like dun, 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 dun. And meanwhile, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't what you want. But then it's like as you watch it and you get the full effect of what it is, it's like, yeah, that is exactly what you wanted. It's just not uh, 
what you would always think of, oh, yeah, we we want that. But, yeah, it worked perfectly. But I do remember that you being like, yes, this is great, and me thinking, oh, no. Um, (laughs) Hopefully I turned your mind around on it a little bit. It sounds like you eventually (laughs) thought it worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I caught on to what you were going for and understood. Okay, so yeah, we like leaned on you for more of like a technical aspect than anything. Um, in general, you didn't really. Con- this isn't an insult; it's just the statement of fact. You didn't contribute that much creatively to the project over the years. Were you limited? Were you not allowed to because of your job, or was it just like I don't want to do this? <laughs> well, it doesn't, definitely wasn't. I don't want to do this. But one thing that I always wanted to create was a welcoming atmosphere and i think how you create a welcoming atmosphere in that environment of we have all sorts of members of the public coming in with totally different viewpoints political religious you know all the stuff they tell you not to talk about for sure so i tried to just remain as a technical support person and be whatever you want to talk about i'll help you do that uh because i think if you get involved in one content creation then the other producer wants you to get involved with their content creation and, you know, before you know it, I'm like preaching at some church or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff that I probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> so you don't want to play favorites. Exactly. I never wanted to play favorites because I want everyone to feel welcome. That being said, I do remember you specifically one year while we were editing everything together telling me, this is my favorite thing I work on every year. <laughs> and you, you told me it's because it you're wa- revealing all my secrets now, Travis. <laughs> and you said it was because it wasn't a three hour long video of someone in their basement that they sent you. And then you had to figure out what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got so much like, oh, you know, this this could be a video. Maybe. Can you just fix it for me? And like people that forgot to hit record on the camera. So it's literally a blank tape that they're giving me. And I'm like, there's no fixing this. Like, you got to go back and reshoot it. Unfortunately, like, I felt bad, right? You you know, I feel bad saying that. I'm like, ah, oh, no, you know, you forgot to hit record. Sorry. Or like, they forgot to have audio or plug in the right audio cable. So it was the same type of thing. Like, oh, no, I can't. There's nothing to fix. I can kind of make like a highlight video for you if you want or just the topic was just so dry you know it was like a professor lecturing for an hour and a half and i'm just like oh goodness not as interesting as two people eating food and not talking to each other (laughs) exactly uh so as i went back through time and i i know i'm kind of skipping ahead here but there go ahead there was one special i think it was the second one where you guys uh ate spaghetti but it was someone else's hands behind you putting the spaghetti in your mouth. And I remember that. And it's still, I just watched it last night. It's wildly hilarious. I mean, still one of my favorite segments over the years that you've done. And then I went back and watched the first one and it was just real dry, right? You guys were just eating the gyros, but it was still just as good. Cause you could tell that like, you were very comfortable with it. Like, you must film yourself eating all the time or something. <laughs> but, but Aaron's just like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And that's what made it so great was, like, you could tell coming through the the television screen that she was very uncomfortable doing what she was doing, but she was still doing it because I yeah. think she got it, too. But she was just like, uh. <laughs> She's a trooper for sure. Yeah. The things we've got her to do throughout the years. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, so like I said, we were depending on you more as like technical ask for technical things in this, but you are a creative person. You're in a band villains. Uh, we never asked you guys to do anything. It's kind of a regret I have. 
we're coming up on 10 years of doing the specials. So if you want to maybe do a Christmas song this year. Okay. Well, I'll mention that. You know, we're, we're a two-man band. So my, my older brother sings and plays a guitar. And then I play drums. So I'll mention that to him. Okay. Yeah. You're, just... you're giving us plenty of time, which is what we thrive on because we're uh, we're procrastinators. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I'm working on this podcast project throughout the entire year, and that's it's a weird thing, like because I want to like give updates on working on the in theory the tenth anniversary, but none of us are working on anything yet. It's gonna be <laughs> November, and I'm gonna go. Oh no, what do we got? And then we'll rush to finish it, like we do every year. Just briefly go on over that first special again. Um, I kind of wanted to ask if you had specific memories of what it was like to work on one segment in specific. And you'd mentioned maybe talking about the bookmobile bookmobile music video for All I Want for Christmas is for You to Disappear. So do you have anything specific you'd like about that or why that stands out as a good memory of working on the special? Well, first of all, I, I liked bookmobile and just the music and... Um the the title of the song is great and of course it, it's a punk rock song right so they're singing it throughout the song all you know two minutes of it or however long it lasted but then just as we were talking about it's kind of the wacky zany part of public access to where you know they had the the i don't know what it was like a goat or a deer mask or whatever you know whatever they were wearing and the snowman and they were just kind of bopping around having fun and just going back and editing that because you had different camera angles and we had the recorded track. I do remember that going back and you and I both looking and say, oh, do we want to use that? Do we want to use that? And then we'd stumble across something and I'd be like, what in the world is that? And you're like, yeah, use that. <laughs> so so we'd plug that in there. And uh, yeah, so so that was what, definitely my favorite thing to, to work on uh, in that episode was the bookmobile. Um, and how about those guys just doing that every year? Because I think what they did it for three years. Man, I'm I'm trying to think. I know they they did at least four songs for okay. us, and uh, well, four of their own segments with songs, and then some other music throughout too. Like we would ask them to do stuff for other people's segments and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, they did the all I want for Christmas is for you to disappear. They did the one about turning into a werewolf on Christmas. Right. They did. We'll get to the special eventually, but there's one that I'm not even in, and they were all <laughs> pretending to be me in their song. <laughs> and then um, one of the years they their their band had already stopped being a band like twice, and then they made a song about quitting being a band, and it was called "I Quit for Christmas." And then it's the last thing they ever did, and they really quit being a band. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get there eventually. Well, thank you for working on that. I I do have one note on that. Um, we had a little, especially with this first special, we had like no additional footage. We set up a tripod. Aaron and I filmed our segment. We gave it to you. We put it in whole. We set up a tripod. We filmed the segment with Lindsay. I mean, yeah, Lindsay and Andrew. We put that in whole. Uh, for the bookmobile thing, uh, I basically shot them performing the song three times. Once on a tripod, not moving. Twice moving around. And then we had one little bit of footage where... Our friend who was there, Matt Appy, walked in front of the camera, turned and looked at it, and then walked off. And that was like the only thing we had we hadn't used. And you were like, what if we just put this in at the end after everything? And I was like, yes, perfect. And that it was kind of something that I, I took forward in working in the specials is that, and I think it goes along with what you were saying too with your job at Urbana Public Television is like fostering other people's ideas. 
So we're in working on these specials. I've tried to have very little ego in it. And when anyone goes, Hey, what if we do this here? I go, yes, perfect. And part of that is because I like all my friends ideas. And part of it's because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to come up with everything. (laughs) So thanks for giving us that. We actually took that forward and we've had some sort of tag on the end of almost all of these. Right. Yeah. After the credits or something, it's, you know, it's almost like the, the cutting room floor footage that's too good to be left on the cutting room floor. Right. Yeah. And we finally started to use that to like, it's, it's weird to think about because you and I are talking about this first special where there is no plot or no ongoing thing or characters. And at this point now, 10 years in, there is. And we're using those tags to set up the next special or tease what might happen next. And then the most recent one is my first ever nude scene. <laughs> and and that brings me to one thing that I, uh, going back to this first interaction when we were setting this up, I was asking you about any sort of guidelines for producing the special. Um, first off, I was asking you for length. I don't know if you remember, you said, this is something that stuck with me. You said, we don't care if it's four minutes long or four hours long. We'll put it on at least once. That is very true. And that's what I would always tell people because we, you know, all of our programming is different lengths. And, you know, I never want to, I never want to force someone's creativity to say, oh, it has to be 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, if you have 19 minutes, you better, you know, think of 11 minutes of crap to put out there to fill the time. And I never want to limit someone to where it's like, Oh, it's 34 minutes, but I, I have a 30-minute slot. I have to cut four minutes, but I love everything. Yeah. All right, well, well, we'll make it work. And then the other guideline you gave me was that it couldn't be obviously pornographic. <laughs> so That's that's my guideline in life, not, not just for <laughs> UPTV programming. <laughs> so I think that's about all I had covering this first special in general um i'm gonna have a couple of general questions i'm gonna try to ask all the guests throughout the year um in a perfect world where there's no concerns for budget or the talents and abilities of the people working on this special what would you have wanted to make or see us make so this is a tough one and it's particularly tough because i think what's made the travis wayne hunt christmas special so great is because you haven't had a budget and you haven't had any of this So I think by giving you, you know, oh, you have a million dollars and you have access to all these stars, it limits your creativity, right? Because you, oh, we can go blow money and do whatever. Um, So if you gave me money, uh, I would probably just, there was a Blink-182 video that they did where their record company gave them money and then they just go out and like they throw it out into a crowd and they blow it and do whatever. And, you know, that's the music video. Uh, so I'd probably do something like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd want to keep it like a punk rock version of Travis Wayne Hurt. I don't want the, the sellout version of Travis Wayne Hurt. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that you liked that I had no budget and you were talking about that spaghetti eating scene earlier. I was unemployed when we made that one. And I remember going to save a lot that day and being like, do I really want to spend $4 on this? (laughs) It's like, hmm. And then I think I made sure we actually ate that food for dinner afterward, <laughs> or at least I did. Well, you ate a lot of it during. I mean, you guys both had a lot of spaghetti. Tried and there to. were times where Erin was like turning her mouth and they're still like cramming it in there. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then the other question I have that I'm going to have for almost everyone is what's overall your fondest memory of working on these throughout the year? 
I don't know about a fondest memory or a favorite segment. You know, I would probably say a favorite segment just because, you know, as you kind of mentioned, I didn't have a hand in, in, in the creative side of things or I wasn't there when you guys were filming all these segments. Um, so the spaghetti one was probably one of my favorite segments. Good. It'll be interesting to see what people think about this, <laughs> their their fondest memories. Yeah. You know, another one was I love the claw, uh, the the champagne ladies amateur wrestling when they were involved and they did like the nativity scene and then it ended with them like having a bunch of PBRs and like taking the fake baby Jesus and cramming it back in the, the large vagina costume or whatever was going on. Just because there is so much like wrong with that whole thing. And I'm like, this is excellent. <laughs> yeah. I wonder knowing the, the people involved in making that, I wonder if they, we would still make the same thing today now that we're older and have more sense about us. You, know? you wouldn't, Probably you wouldn't not. at all. And especially just cause like the world is completely changed. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in each episode of this podcast, I plan on having the previous episode's guest ask the current episode's guest a question. That way all the questions aren't just coming from me. You're obviously the first guest we've had, so there is no previous guest. When Aaron and I sat down the other day to watch and discuss the Travis Wayne Her Christmas special, I had her think of a question, and here it is. So I guess my question for Jason would be, um, when you first were approached about doing this special, what expectations did you have of it? Did you have any? And then what did you think after you guys finished editing it and seeing everything for the first time? I always try to temper my expectations no matter what, how excited I really want to be. So that was the first first time anyone had proposed a Christmas special for UPTV uh, since I've been there and probably since ever because it wasn't... Um, there just hadn't been a whole lot of, of local access content before that. Um, so I tried to, t you know, I was really, really excited, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. But I, I didn't know exactly, you know, I'd never met you before. I didn't know your sense of humor or what you were into or anything like that. So I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations going in. And then once I think we were sitting down editing the footage and you guys were eating the gyro and it was just so that's it right that it that's all there is i was like oh this is gonna be good this is gonna be good and then when we got to the the bookmobile segment it was like oh yeah you know this is this is a lot of fun so then after that yeah it exceeded my expectations but in the same way that i i try not to have too many high expectations going into any project but yeah so it was great and then what made it even better is that a lot of times those are one-offs, right? Like that's it. I would never see, I would never know Travis Wayne hurt ever again, but you guys came back so consistently every year. And I was like, yes, this is great. Yeah. So that it, it exceeded my expectations. Wow. That's sure. Thank you. High praise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then I'm going to have you ask me a question so that it's not just about me bothering the guests every time. <laughs> it's no bother. Um, so I think with a lot of public access content that I've worked on over at UPTV, someone either comes in with this huge plan of all these high production values and, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, then they learn how long it takes to produce a video and how much work goes into editing. And they do one. And then that's it. I never see them again. I never hear from them again because they're like, that's a lot of work for you know, it's not like we pay anybody, you know, so it's it's just a lot of work. 
And then the other side of that is we get people that come in and, you know, they do one and I encourage them to start small, then they end up doing it every week and then maybe they do it twice a week. And I'm curious, I always thought yours was so successful and it seemed like you loved producing it. We loved airing it. Everyone who worked on it with you loved working on it. The viewers loved watching it. So how did you resist not making more of them? Why did you not go to at least once a month? Or why did you not go to weekly? Why didn't you produce more of these? Um, it's because I'm lazy and not particularly skilled or talented. Um, at this point, in early on in making the specials, I was much more hands-on. I was filming everything. I didn't know how to edit anything. And so I was leaning on you to do that at the beginning. Uh, eventually, my friend Tony comes on and he really becomes the workhorse in doing all of that. And he is to this day. I I don't know if we'd still be doing the specials at all if Tony wasn't working on them. I can't imagine. Or if they if we were, they'd be a completely different thing. But yeah, a big part of like why I didn't start doing it more is because I don't know how. And I'm sure I could have learned how. You would have been a great tool in teaching me how. But that's where the laziness comes in is I <laughs> didn't want to have to learn. Um, talking about Tony and working with Tony and editing stuff with Tony, he and I have talked about like doing something more frequently, like maybe once a month before. Um, the idea we had specifically that I can think of is within our group of friends that work on all of these. At one point, there were a few different people named Travis and a few different people named Christina, and they had come up with this idea called the Travis and Christina show, where Every episode would be these two roommates, Travis and Christina, but then they could be played by anyone within our group of friends and just kind of do like <laughs> a sketch about their interactions once a month. And then the next month, it'd just be two different people so that we could be con producing something more consistently, but we didn't have to depend on the same people to work on it every month. And that was kind of our idea to do that. We never did it, obviously. So yeah, I guess that's the reason we didn't go forward with more stuff is because I don't know how, and I'm not talented. Well, in the in the same aspect, though, you know, kind of flipping that around, I'm so thankful that you didn't, because I think it's just the right amount, right? It's it's like, oh yeah, the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas special, and it's something exciting, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's like if if we had Christmas every day, it would be like we're doing this again, you know what I mean? It'd be like any other day. Yeah. But the fact that you just do it once a year, although you did do a couple summer ones, we have cool. yeah. We were in this um, we're in this like schedule that we fell into where we do three Christmas specials and then one Christmas in July special. And so like every three. So we're going to be due for another one now that it's the 10th year. That's so, what I was going to say. I was like, well, it's got to be coming up yeah. then. Yeah. As far as that, though, like we're making a I'm using finger quotes here that you can't see on the podcast, a quote unquote Christmas special that usually has nothing to do with Christmas. But by luckily falling into this thing of calling it a Christmas special, we only have to do it once a year. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Thank you for being on. It's nice to see you. I haven't, I don't know that I've seen you in person for a couple of years because we just started producing these and emailing them. Do you fully finished? Right. I think the last time I saw you in person is you came to the villain show at record store day. Okay. Which would have been 2018 or 19. Yeah. Maybe 2009, April of 2019, Record Store Day at Exile. Makes, makes sense. I think, yeah. yeah. So not related to UPTV or making videos or anything. We just happened to be at the, the same place and you watched our band. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for coming to my apartment and sitting with my cats and I and talking about this with me. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much for helping us get started doing this and helping us throughout the years and putting up with all of us. It meant a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Well, that's it. As far as an update on where we're at in year 10, no updates, really. We haven't started. We just finished making a whole Christmas special one month ago, so you can back off. Thank you for listening to the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas special, the podcast. Thanks to my co-host Aaron Gillis and our guest Jason Liggett. Our theme music is by Bookmobile, who can be found at badboysofbookmobile.bandcamp.com. And the interstitial music is by Curb Service, who can be found at curbservicemusic.com. Join us next month as Aaron and I discuss the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas special again. For updates about the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Fogelnest. My name's Travis Wayne Hurt. If anyone out there would like to give me a ride home, I think that'd be real nice.